All right, welcome to Some Guys in a Bible podcast. I'm excited. We got some friends with us today. We got rid of some friends. <laughs> you only get a couple of strikes on this show. You're out. We got other people. We'll bring them in. <laughs> no, we do want this to be an open, revolving door. Remember, I want to bring he's in. still editing these, so. Oh, no, I'm going to edit this one. Oh, right, <laughs> he ain't cutting good. that joke out. <laughs> Well, we're going to bring in more people. I'm like, I've already been talking. We've got, we got to get a girl in here, too, so people don't think that this is just like a, a men's thing. Like, well, you, we, we can have a, a separate girls one, too. Like. <laughs> yeah, but see, the problem is everybody keeps seeing the some guys, and they're like, that, does that mean only men? They think we're sexy. I meant it as like some guys, like people. Yeah. Like, you know, right. like, like I walk oh, into youth group, I'll be like, hey, yeah. how are you guys doing tonight? I, di- I didn't just mean only the boys. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna ratify that. We're just gonna get a girl yeah. up here. We'll get a girl up here, and they'll understand. They'll be like, "Oh, that's it." <laughs> but today I'm excited because we got two good men of God with us today, Elijah and Simeon. Give it up for them, everybody in the audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so today we're gonna be talking about an awesome subject. We're gonna be talking about something we see throughout the whole Bible. What is up with all the blood in the Bible? Why is the Bible so bloody? I think if it was a video game, it might be rated M for blood and gore. You would not have that game. (laughs) You would not be allowed to play it. (laughs) But there is, there's a lot of talk about blood in the Bible. And I've had people ask me this question, like, what's up with this Bible? Like, why is it all about blood? Like, so have you guys ever been asked that? I don't think so. I think, uh, yeah, just no one. I don't. I don't think it's thought about much, really, Good. how much it really was bloody. But no, I have not been asked that yet. So. In the whole concept, like, why do we? Why do we sacrifice animals? Like in the Old Testament. Yeah. I think it might have been. This is just me, but I think part of it was, you know, you gotta sacrifice part of your food to God. Just like how today we're fasting, how like he has this fast to, you know, show him that we love him more than we love our bellies. Simeon always going deep, dude. And if you think that was the first place man messed up. Yeah. Don't eat the apple. They ate the apple. Yeah. And then it can also translate into wealth too, like livestock and all that. That was, that was people's wealth there they had cattle they'd sell it you know but they had to go and pick their best ones to sacrifice to show their commitment to god right right and this goes back this goes back we're gonna go all the way back old testament let's go back to cain and abel because cain and abel made sacrifices abel's was accepted cain's was not and why was the difference between the two now we know reading our bible that there's more to that brand you want to answer it oh i'm go ahead (laughs) Why, what was the difference between Cain and Abel's? One was accepted, one was one wasn't. One was one was the best of the best, and the other one was just very mediocre. It was very pulled together, almost like a second thought, like oh, I got, I, I gotta, I gotta make this sacrifice. Oh, we'll grab, we'll grab this. It, it's not in the best shape, but you know, well, it, it's going, it's going to work. Say, I'll, I'll flip it over so he doesn't see the the bruised spot on. But this. It, no, it says Cain offered him the best of his crops. He did offer the best. 
But there was a very distinct difference between Cain and Abel's offerings. Yeah, he had a lot of crops, but he had, you know, little, you know, the actual right. lamb and meat. You know, he had, he gave what he had plenty of, but he already had a lot of, he right. needed to give what he had little of to show, like, the importance, the commitment. Also, right. God instructed to give him, like, me. Yeah. God instructed him. Yeah, well, yeah. It was always a foreshadowing. Yeah. It's also disobedience in Cain. For not giving him meat, because he could have easily gone to Abel and said, "Can I have some of the best of your flock?" He could have easily done that, but he didn't. Oh, Make you messed up the whole recording. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, he did it out of disobedience. Right, yeah. right. It, it was about disobedience. So let's pull this scripture up here, Romans six nineteen through twenty three, because this is going to tell us. A lot about why those sacrifices are different, why it matters, and it's going to introduce us into our topic today. This one and a couple scriptures that follow. But Romans 6 and 19 through 23 says, because of, our, because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from your obligation to do right. That's, that was the result. You are now ashamed of the things that you used to do. These things end in eternal doom. So he's talking about people who are sinning. He's talking about this is what happens when you didn't know right and wrong. You didn't have that. You just automatically did what your nature pushed you to do which ended in sin and ended up in wrong that's human nature he says but now you are free from the power of sin you've become a slave of god now you do these things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life but here's the point for the wages of sin is death but the gift the free gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord so when sin entered the world with Adam and Eve, the wages of those sin is death. You have to die to pay for what you did that was wrong. Now, if we go to Genesis 9, 4 through 6, it says, But you must never eat any meat that still holds the lifeblood in it. And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now it says, it starts talking about the blood and the meat. And it's saying that if it takes the blood of a human being, if it takes the blood, don't eat meat with the blood in it. And then we see in Luke, uh, Leviticus 17 and 14, the life of every creature is in its blood. That is why I said to the people of Israel, you must never eat or drink blood, for the life of the creature is in its blood. So whosoever consumes the blood will be cut off from the community. So the life is in the blood. That's when life begins, is in the blood. So the whole point behind their sacrifices is blood. Cain offered him fruits and vegetables, but that the wages of sin is death. 
those vegetables didn't die. That's true. Because they didn't have blood in them. Abel's sacrifice died and shed blood, which could appease for the sin that he was given. Now, we know that was a representation of Christ's blood. We yeah. know that was a coming example of the blood. And that's what we see throughout all of the Bible. So why, why do we see all this blood throughout the Bible? It's because blood is the atonement for sin. It requires the loss of life. That's really cool when you look at it that way because I don't, as a father, your wife's pregnant, you're like, awesome, I'm going to have a baby, and all this is cool and real, and then you hear that baby's heartbeat, and everything changes. Right now, there, there's, there's a ministry that you can donate to that their whole purpose is putting monitors in abortion clinics so that they can hear the baby before they make the decision to get an abortion or not. Because over like 80 some percent of women who hear that baby's heartbeat change their mind about abortion. So they're fighting just for that aspect. And I feel like so many times we've heard this argument about life and you know, does it start when the baby's born? And according to the word of God, it starts in the blood. When that baby develops a heartbeat and blood starts pumping through its body, it is alive because that's where the life is. So that's why blood throughout this Bible, we see it. That's why it's so important. Yeah. Think about, each one of you guys, think about and bring up a concept in the Bible that had to do with blood. Brandon, you want to kick it off? Love to. Um, one of the, other than God shedding his blood on the cross. Right. One of my, yeah, we'll, we'll leave the obvious one now right there. Um, spreading the blood over the doorstep, over the, over the threshold. I was hoping someone was going to bring that up. Um, it's one of, it, when I think of the blood, um, you know, blood has a very common, common theme that the blood saves, that the blood saves, that the blood saves, that we are saved by the blood. Right. And before Jesus died on the cross, we got to see through through children of Israel inside of Egypt that their children, that their family, that everything was saved by, um, hip, hip, was it Hipsum? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Hipsum was um, just the fabric that they used to spread the blood over the doorstep to keep the angel of death from entering into the home and killing off those residents. Right. And, and the angel so, of death was bringing what? It was bringing judgment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a very that's good because that blood appeased it, that that blood. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm I really enjoy digging in into Moses and the children of Israel because there's so much that happens that we can that we can equate to everyday life. Well, witchcraft. Well, we can obviously w see witchcraft being used in the time of Moses. Throw down your staff and it became a serpent. Well, my men can do the same. Bam. Well, turn. I can turn this water. Right. God make me turn this water into blood. Well, well, my my men can do this as well. Well, this is what your men can't do. Let me see him do that. And so you see all of these other things. And so again, we just see the common, the common. Um, sorry, I'm I'm running on. <laughs> no, fumes. you're okay. I'm running on fumes we see today. The, we you see guys. the yeah, the, the, com the common theme, the reoccurring theme that 
that the blood can save, that the blood can save. That's good. And so we see it through this, we see it through the sacrifices with the animals. We see it with, in person, appeasing the angel of death. And then we see it in the final sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And there's right. so many more areas that we can tie, tie all of this together right. with. And so, you know, just off the top of my head, that's the, that's, that's a good that, one. That's the first and that's, thing. You know, it's led by the Holy Ghost because we are going to, we're going to end today in Hebrews and we're going to show the correlation of that Old Testament and the New Testament and why it was such a, such a big deal. Any other ones? Simeon, you got any examples of blood in the Bible that you can that we can dissect down? Yeah, well, you know, back to Adam and Eve, when they first sinned, God had to kill a sheep to show, or they That's didn't so say a sheep good. for sure, but they said yeah, he no, had to right. kill an animal to show them that they need to do this when they sin so they can be like, Redeemed. That's so good. And the correlation there is amazing. God covered them. Mm -hmm. He killed an animal and he covered their nakedness. So he showed, he was literally, you're right, he's showing them, <clears throat> I'm going to kill animals and it's going to cover your sin. It's not going to take it away, take it away. <laughs> but it's going to cover your sin. But there's coming one, which again, and this is the great correlation, he, you know, we, he, he did kill a lamb. He killed a sheep. He sacrificed the sheep and he clothed them. And Christ is the Lamb of the world. So it was a correlation of him showing them again, I've got a perfect Lamb that's already been prepared, and he's going to come take away all of this problem. But for now, in this first covenant, we're going to cover it. We're going to cover it up, and it's going to cost blood. It's going to cost blood to cover this sacrifice. Elijah, what about you? You got one? I'm... Um yeah <laughs> it's it's like i don't i don't know another like way i saw your your opinion is just like you know it was they killed the lamb right and they put it on the doorstep and so it's just or, or on the not the door like the, the threshold, yeah, the door threshold. Yeah. and it's just like um all the people who didn't they didn't have the uh like life the life blood you know right it's just god's life you know the life that god gives us through his wisdom they didn't have that and so anyone who wanted it they were told to go do that and you know i'm not sure if some egyptians who were like not sure or you know just interested in it just who who had an ear a heart to hear the um hear uh god's word and what they were doing maybe they were closer to um some of them who were um you know being in captivity and slaves they're just like all right let me just i have faith let me just do that and i just you know thinking about good. the move of faith that they took and they saw that all the other egyptians uh who didn't do it were you know and i just started hey this egyptian right. person did it and what kind of spark did that um and what happened when they did that it? start there they, you know they just with what though specifically the firstborn uh child the first they took the son. life of the firstborn, mm -hmm. they took the blood. So it's still God. Of the firstborn, because yeah. blood was what was going to pay that price. That's the only thing. And so yep. they took. If you didn't do it, they they take it anyway. Wow, that's powerful. Like oh, and then it's just like you know, every every knee will bow at the end. Like every knee, right? You know, it's like everyone will be on their knees and proclaim God is God. And so it's like. That's what happened there. They didn't want to, but that's what they got. They had no choice. Wow. That's so good. That's so good. And we do pay the price. So what if we don't you, allow Christ to pay the price for us, we pay the price. <clears throat> then our blood 
It's just a sacrifice for what we already owed, mm-hmm. as opposed to letting Christ pay for it. We it really makes it make sense it. why we get a new life. Because yeah. so many people are like, well, why do we die then? If Christ paid for our sin, then why do we die? Because we're still going to die in this life, and then he creates a new life because the first one we shouldn't have had to pay for. Christ paid for it already. But through us dying in this first one, we get the glorified bodies like Christ that are sin-free. So I'm willingly dying. That's okay. It's a small price to pay to go be with him, you know? But let's go to to Hebrews chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 11 through 28. Now, we know the book of Hebrews was written to the Hebrews. So they understood this whole blood thing we're talking about here. The Hebrews knew we had to shed blood to pay for what what we've done wrong in our lives. And everyone before us. So in Hebrews 9, 11 through 28, it says, So Christ has become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurities. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify your conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Yeah, it's amazing how when God died on the cross, he paid the price forever. So now when we sin today, we don't have to go out to the farm and buy a sheep and kill it. Very good. We can pray and ask the Lord for forgiveness and he will forgive us. I just think that's amazing how God has the power to do that. That is amazing. And it's for a reason. So let's let's dissect that a little bit. Because he says here, the reason why that is, is because his blood was more precious than the blood of bulls and goats and heifers. Or did I not get to that yet? No, you didn't. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so there's a reason behind that. Why is God's, why was Jesus' blood more precious than the bulls and the goats? Because he was 100% God and 100% man. Amen. Good 100%. answer. He was fathered by the Holy Spirit really want to break it down (laughs) which is god (laughs) which is christ (laughs) so he wrapped himself in flesh and became man and we know that his father is i mean god fathered him so his blood was came from god concept of that means it came from god now i know babies develop their own blood but we all get our seed from the father which develops into its own blood strand so the blood that was flowing in Jesus Christ's veins wasn't tainted by sin on this earth. So when he, that's why when he shed his blood, he shed innocent, perfect blood. That's Even the blood of the bulls and goats was affected when sin entered the world. So their blood was never perfect. That's not to mean that he wasn't tempted. Because he was tempted, he just remained Remain faithful. Amen. Good and point. So, you know, I look at it. I look at his because once blood, he became human, he was human nature yeah. to sin. And so I look at it from two different standpoints. I look at it from the way Simeon just so excellently put it. <laughs> right. And then for all of you that know me, you know I've got a battle strategy behind that. 
Yeah. And so for me, I think why the why the blood was so sought after by the Pharisees, by the devil, by everybody else, is that he misconstrued that if he could get Jesus to bleed, if he could get Jesus to die to shed his blood, that he could in sense take over some of that power. That that part of God just died because I just watched this being be sacrificed on the cross and bled out. Not only bled out, but suffocated. And so I think in a lot of where my mind goes, that that was one of the plans of the devil, why he pushed so hard to get him to, to die on the cross was to spill his blood when it was just a complete 360 that it actually allowed him, you know, in Second Colossians it said when he died he publicly shamed all of the rulers and principalities and then he was able because of his death to go down to hell to take the keys to um right. keys to death and hell and if we look in romans it says that it, during that time period he was able to minister to all of the people in the days of noah he led a captive out, it says. yeah he led the captive out when he went in, when he went down and so, so it was really in, in my mindset, how I see it, because, you know, the devil's a loser and he's going to continue to lose. Right. That it was it was a formulated plan to try to seize power here on earth and solidify his reign on earth as his own, right. as his own region, as his own kingdom, that this is mine. You sent, you sent your son down and he's dead. In all reality, it opened up the gate to completely reverse it and take all control away from it. I don't think Satan really understood how powerful he was. I don't think he did because, either. Well, the Bible says at one point, the scripture says that, that if the rulers of this world would have known who he was, they would have never let him be crucified. The Bible says that at one point. But I also think that uh, by, the, by the way you hear the conversations and it plays out, they didn't realize how precious his blood was. No, they, they, no, they, didn't. they didn't get that. And you can see, well, and to continue on what we were just discussing, it says, for by the power of the eternal spirit, so again here it references the spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So it's reemphasizing the fact that his blood had no flaws in it. And I, I think that that was what was so surprising because everything on earth is full of sin. Christ was the only thing that was sin-free. And even they didn't understand it. Because even at the time, he was called a drunkard. He was called a, a glutton. They didn't even get it. They were like, I don't think he's innocent. Like, he ain't and nobody's innocent. He's really just right. the demons. <laughs> but we know that through the Holy Spirit, he was innocent. His blood was innocent. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and his people. So that all who call are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of their sins they had committed under the first covenant. Now, when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that that person has been, has made, that, that made the will is dead. This will goes into effect only after that person's death. While the person who is still alive, this will cannot be put into effect. That is, even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. So that's good. Like this, they're 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 tying it to like a will and testament. Mm -hmm. It had to be an animal had to die for that to go into effect. That covenant couldn't go into effect without the blood. Well, he had to die for us to receive the inheritance, right? Mm -hmm. 
For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people with hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, the blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and everything used to worship. That's that's powerful. Everything should be covered in the blood. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That's powerful. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of the things in heaven, had to be purified with the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. So Christ did not enter into the holy place made with human hands, which was a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priests here on earth do, who enter the most holy place year after year with the blood of animals. If he had, if that had been necessary, Christ would have had to have died again and again ever since the world began. Imagine, Every time someone messed up, he'd had to die again. You imagine Jesus rolled up in a carpet like a jack-in-the-box. Here I am again. Here I am again. Here I am again. Oh my Here I am gosh. again. <laughs> That's too much. Especially with as much as people mess up. That is far too much. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is designated to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. That is very powerful. I've never looked at that scripture that way. It says, and just as each person is is destined, I said designed, didn't I? Destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. That's why Christ was only made to die once for all mankind. Because all of mankind didn't have to suffer dying several times. They, they died once, and then they faced their judgment. So when Christ died once, he covered the judgment for everybody. That's awesome, man. That is powerful. Mm-hmm. What, what, what chapter was that? This is uh, Hebrews, 9, Hebrews 9, verses 11 through 28. So now I want to bring up some dealing with blood that's a little bit in opposite. Let me read this we'll final scripture real quick, just just so I can wrap this up, and then you can talk. Always likes talking. <laughs> <laughs> and he. I wasn't done yet, Brandon. <laughs> it well, says, gotta speak too. Well, I didn't want to leave out this this best part right here because it says he will come again, not to deal with our sins but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting him. And that's powerful. Just because like it is eagerly about... waiting to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See how the spirit works, you guys? <laughs> See how it works? It was the word of God. It needed to go forth. <laughs> it was like fire. Shut up in my bones. <laughs> so if we, if we look at the lady with the, um, with, with the blood disorder, Right. Good example. You know, I don't think a lot of people really understand what that what that story entitles. They hear, oh, a woman with a blood disorder, she blood. No, she was unclean. Biblically, she was unclean. 
biblically she was wow. unclean for yes. 12 years wow that's biblically good. she was not allowed to touch anything biblically she was not allowed to be around anybody she could not talk with people she could not be in the same area with other people because then they were deemed unclean because it says, hey, this might be a little bit no, too, too right. much information, it doesn't just say a blood disorder, it says a blood discharge. And when we're talking about a woman's bloody discharge, we're talking about her menstrual cycle. Well, it could be. That is too far. But <laughs> just go well, I said TMI, so, so, so they can... I get your but, point. So no, that's a very deep point. So biblically, for 12 years, she was unclean. Right. She had such desperation just to just to be cleansed because she lived she lived this lonely life, not just a lonely life, people looking down on her, like, get away from me, get away from me. And so I got this revelation a while ago, and it's it's just stuck in my head about what she would have gone through. It explains why she pushed and crawled just to touch the helm of the garment. So if the blood was what made her dirty, once again, it was the lamb that made her clean. Wow. Yeah. What's That's also deep. amazing is... That's deep, Brandon. That's yeah. good, bro. Another thing that's amazing is the point... The lady who was who touched Jesus's garment to be healed, Jesus was bumping into a whole bunch of other people, and I think her faith was a lot greater than the other ones. And God had said in the story, "Your faith have, hath made you healed." Wow! So it wasn't just the fact that she touched his garment; it was also her faith, because other people were bumping into her too. I mean, bumping into him, too. Oh, no, you're right. And and they, re remember would, what it said? How did he know what was different about her bumping into him than everybody else bumping into him? Remember, they, they asked Christ. They even looked at him and was like, what do you mean? So, like, look, everybody's bumping into you. But yeah. Christ, what did he say? Uh, it was her faith. He said, I felt virtue flow from me. Mm -hmm. He felt his grace flow from him. He felt that feeling of of, of grace leave him and go to her. That's what he felt, the virtue, which she didn't deserve because she was unclean. Mm -hmm. But she received because Christ and because of her faith. You're right, exactly, because of her faith. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So if it was if it was that cycle, she wasn't even allowed inside the temple. No, mm. she, she wasn't. She she wasn't allowed anywhere near anything holy because it would have tainted that holiness. Right. And God so something, so something that was unclean for twelve years was overcome by faith. That's so amazing, man. That's such a good thing. I would have never thought that that's where this Bible study, this topic would have ended. But that's yeah. such a cool concept, man. It's just funny how you can just pull a little subject out, like what's up with the blood in the Bible, and we can end up down this rabbit hole where we are right now. But that's good. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Let's say a prayer for everybody, and then we will close out. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much today, God, for allowing us to have this time with you today, Lord. We worship you. We praise you for everything you've done, Lord. Thank you for allowing your word, Lord, to be a light to our path, God, to brighten our world, Lord. We thank you for everything you're doing. Let this video touch the hearts of everybody who hears it, God, that we will grow more together. We worship you. We praise you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I even took off my hat for that prayer, and I noticed immediately, like, oh, Dan, your hair is not good. <laughs> I almost put it back on, and I was like, out of respect, I'm just going to pray without it. That's all right. We didn't get no Star Wars jokes in today either. Well, so. you, got, you got a second. You got a second. It hasn't ended yet. 